0: What's more perfect than exploring new cultures while soaking up the sun and dipping your toes in turquoise waters? Doing these things with your family and, of course, your brothers and sisters from Wisdom for the Blind wisdom for the blind is pleased to announce its first caribbean forum to be held on board royal caribbean's harmony of the seas this dreamy vacation will be filled with thrilling experiences such as surfing rock climbing and even an electrifying 10-story plunge in the tallest slide at sea this is not your average family getaway There's fun and entertainment for all ages, but you'll also have learning workshops in technology and medical breakthroughs focused on the blind and vision impaired. We will sail from beautiful Miami on October fifteenth, 2023, visiting fabulous ports, Rotan in Honduras, Costa Maya and Cozumel in Mexico, and Royal Caribbean's private island. Coco Cay in the Bahamas. Add two spectacular days at sea, and while connecting with people that may experience the same challenges you do, you'll find unforgettable activities. Make lasting memories, and soar to new heights. You'll learn about fascinating cultures and customs while tasting local delicacies and lounging in luxury. Wisdom for the Blind has also partnered with Operation Song, so you can have the opportunity to tell your service stories through songwriting. All of this and more starts at just $602 per person, based on double occupancy plus taxes and fees of $168. So what are you waiting for? Pack up your stuff, gather the crew, and head out on the open seas. You and your family will be talking about it for many years to come. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to w4tb.org and find the button that says Caribbean Forum or email us at forum at w4tb.org and book now. Space is limited. Don't forget to share the wisdom and tell a friend. You're listening to W4TB Radio from the Wisdom for the Blind Studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Where we share some wisdom to help you navigate the seas to stay in calm waters. Please visit us on the web at w4tb.org or drop us an email at feedback at w4tb.org. You can also download the W4TB radio app at the Apple Store or Google Play. Please share the knowledge and tell a friend. Now, back to the show. The United States Department of Veterans Affairs is a cabinet-level executive branch department of the federal government, charged with providing lifelong health care services to eligible military veterans at the 170 VA medical centers in the United States. And that's where we come in. Live from the Wisdom for the Blind studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this is Insight to the VA. The VA is there to help us. Let's get started. Welcome to Insight to the VA. Insight to the VA. With your host, Douglas Cram.
1: Thank you very much, Keith, for that great introduction. This is Doug Cram. Welcome to Insight to the VA. Today we are talking with Bruce Davis a retired Vist coordinator from Gainesville, Florida. Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing really well this evening, Doug. Good, thank you for being here. I wanna talk about some personal information before we get into the Vist. Uh, is that okay? That would be perfectly fine. Okay, please tell me where you were born and where you went to high school.
2: I was born in Erie, Pennsylvania, And I was raised in Daytona Beach, Florida, where I went to Seabreeze High School. And uh, where did you go to college and what degrees do you have? My undergraduate degree was from Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. My degree was in social work with minors in psychology and Spanish. I did my graduate work at Florida State University, and I received my master's of social work at that time.
1: Okay. In uh, 1979, I guess you were um, at uh, the University of Brigham Young, and uh, you decided to intern at the VA. Um, How how did you happen to find the VA? Uh, Did did somebody tell you about the VA at that time?
2: Yes, uh, we were given opportunities uh, to work in different areas that social work covers, and one of those was the VA, And uh, the field instructor uh, suggested that as a possibility. My father and my brothers are all active, have been, were active duty military. And so for me, I thought this would be a good experience. And I was very happy to have had that opportunity to go into veterans' homes and work with them. In
1: 1983, you were a Florida State graduate and you interned at the Gainesville VA. What did you do there? I was
2: a... um, psychiatric social worker working on an inpatient unit, helping do discharge planning and uh, case management for the uh, veterans who are inpatients there at the hospital.
1: And then in 1983, you accepted a position at the uh, VA in Gainesville in primary care. What were you doing there?
2: Right. I was uh, a half-time social worker working 20 hours a week. I was responsible for any veterans who were not an inpatient at the medical center, and it included uh, services for former prisoners of war, veterans with Crohn's disease, and the VIST program.
1: I guess at that time you were a part-time VIST, is that correct? I was a part-time
2: VIST, and after three months, I was able to go full-time with the VA. But for the next three years, as I worked in ambulatory care, as it was called then, the VIST program was one of my extra duties as assigned.
1: Can you tell me what VIST means?
2: VIST stands for Visual Impairment Services Team.
1: Okay. In 1986, the VA in Gainesville was selected to have a Vist position and you were given that position. Can you talk about that?
2: Yes, I can. After three years, uh, the program had grown. We had identified many veterans as a result of the outreach efforts that we were able to do with our team. When the position was opened, I applied for it. And fortunately, um, I was selected to be the full-time Vist coordinator at the VA in Gainesville.
1: Okay, now we're gonna talk a little about the Vist coordinator. What is the purpose of the VIST coordinator and what is his or her duties? First of all, I'll start with what the VIST
2: Coordinator does. The VIST Coordinator works with a team of professionals to make sure that blind veterans receive the services and benefits to which they are entitled. And there's several things that we are required to do or asked to do, I should say, as part of those responsibilities. I can go through those if you'd like, Doug. Sure. The first thing that we're asked to do is to look for and um, identify individuals who are visually impaired and legally blind. And that outreach and education is done in different ways. As you can imagine, it's impossible for one person to come into contact with individuals who are blind or visually impaired by themselves. So it was part of my outreach efforts was not only to be looking for people myself, but to educate other people about the program and to encourage referrals to the program. For example, I would, do out, I would do education with our eye clinic staff. And that was important because eye doctors like to help people get better. They're not really focused in on what to do when they can't. And so part of my education with those individuals who provide excellent eye care was to teach them what to do when they couldn't do anything more to help the person with their vision, make a referral to to the VIST coordinator and to the blind rehab and low vision services that we offer. I would also do outreach efforts in the community, attending health fairs and reaching out to agencies that worked either with the blind or would come into contact with veterans who might be having difficulty. And so that was an important part of the program because you can't help somebody if they don't know that your program's available to them.
1: Now, the uh, Blinded Veterans Association was a driver for the Vist program. Do you know the history of the Vist program?
2: Yes, I do. And it's really interesting as you look at the history. Back in the 50s, they wanted to find out why blind veterans weren't coming in and taking advantage of services. And what they found out was that veterans weren't coming in because the VA was a large agency, impersonal. And if you couldn't see, you couldn't get around. And there was nobody there that they could reach out to to get help unless they were very assertive. So they would just stay outside the VA and just get healthcare outside the VA and not take advantage of anything that we had to offer in the area of blind rehab. 10 years later, as a result of that study, the Blinded Veterans Association uh, helped to begin a A trial program, if you will, where they identified six full time VIST coordinators, uh, not full time, but people that could do the job. And they had them reach out to the veterans that were receiving benefits from the VA for blindness. And they would invite them in for an annual VIST review where they would get a complete medical exam, eye exam, psychosocial assessment with the social worker. They would meet with a dentist. They would meet with a benefits counselor. They would meet with an audiologist. And they would do all of this in one day. Well, what they found out is that the veterans actually would come in and actually develop good relationships with the social worker who was the VIST coordinator at that time. As a result of that, that's when the VA in the early late 70s, early 80s began to create the full-time VIST coordinator position because a lot of it depended on whether or not the social worker, because it was a social work program in the early days. It all depended whether or not the social worker was given the support by their chief of social work to spend the time necessary to work with and bring every one of the blind veterans in that had been identified in their catchment area. And I was hired on in the second wave of uh, 30 Vist coordinators who went full-time in that program in Gainesville. And that program over the years has grown. And um, when I retired, there were over 100 full-time Vist coordinators throughout the country.
1: Now, was there competition for that job at the Gainesville VA? There was. Uh,
2: I was the youngest social worker at the time. I had the least tenure. And there were several other social workers who were on the inpatient side of the house who, um, you know, since it was a promotion, they wanted the opportunity to get that promotion. But they had not been in the program. You know, the team had worked with me. The team was involved in the uh, selection of of the candidate. And I was, and the veterans as well, spoke highly of me when I was selected for the position over people who had more experience in the VA, not necessarily more experience with blind veterans, but more experience in the VA.
1: And as of now, Bruce, I think there are over a hundred Vist coordinators around the various VA hospitals. That is correct. Ocala just got a new Vist.
2: That's my understanding. That was uh, before I retired, um, we had identified Ocala and the villages as the next area that needed a full-time VISTA coordinator position. And I'm glad to see that they finally hired that person.
1: Yes. All right, Bruce, I think we're just about at our break time. So uh, we're going to take our first break. Stand by, please. I will stand.
3: VA's Office of Blind Rehabilitation Services estimates there are approximately 130,000 veterans in the United States who are legally blind, and more than a million veterans who have low vision that causes a loss of ability to perform necessary daily activities. In this era of instant communication, where we get overwhelmed with data or facts that are useless to unsighted individuals, wouldn't it be great if we could count on news focused on real problems that impact the daily lives of veterans without sight? Introducing Wisdom for Blinded Veterans, an advanced informational portal designed by blind veterans specifically for blind and vision-impaired vets that, like them, are facing challenges every day. Hi. My name is Ben, and I know the frustration. I've struggled in day-to-day tasks for over 20 years since I lost my eyesight. One of my biggest challenges has always been trying to stay up to date with the latest information of my eye disease, local news, and the ever-changing technology. I wanted to be able to have one single site that merged all the data scattered, and that's why we created Wisdom for Blinded Vets. This is a portal that can be accessed via the web a smartphone app, telephone, email, text messaging, or Amazon's Alexa. It integrates with readers such as JAWS or Apple's voiceover and various other tools to give you a seamless experience. This portal will keep us updated on a variety of topics and will share knowledge that can help make our lives easier and more fulfilled. Highlights of the topics covered on the portal include podcasts, events, news, blind rehab and training, information on the BVA and other groups, a list of coordinator and bros list, online groups to interact with fellow vets facing the same challenges, and much more. Give us a try. You will not be disappointed. To learn more about us, visit our website www.w4bv.org. If you're interested in sharing your knowledge Please consider becoming a contributor by logging into our portal and going to the contributor section for more information. Wisdom for blinded veterans, transforming blind veterans' lives.
0: Do you enjoy a good read? Or do you enjoy sharing new books with friends? Then join us on the second Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Wisdom Books, a virtual book club just for the blind or visually impaired. You can also hear a pre recorded episode on Wisdom Radio every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more information, go to w4tb.org. And click the link Wisdom Books for more information. And please don't forget to share the wisdom.
4: You're listening to Wisdom for the Blind Radio, W4TV. From the studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the home of the Wisdom for Blinded Kids portal. Please enjoy the show and don't forget to share the wisdom with a friend.
1: Okay, Bruce, we're back from uh, the break. You wanted to talk uh, more about the responsibilities of a Vist coordinator, can you do that now?
2: I would love to. Aside from identifying veterans who are visually impaired, we were also assigned and asked to make sure that veterans had ongoing case management. And what that means is that we were asked to work with the veteran on a variety of issues over the course of their lifetime, to make sure that they were receiving benefits and services that would help them in their adjustment to blindness, to make sure they were getting health care, make sure they were getting counseling services, to help with family issues, to help with financial issues, community resources. All of those things were important for us to help the veteran become independent and stay independent in spite of the vision loss that they had had
1: What is the VIST coordinator's holistic approach?
2: We look at the veteran as everything they brought in to their life when they entered the military and when they came out. We look at their families. We look at their community supports. We look at um, skill sets that they have, goals that they have. So we're not just looking at the blindness when we're working with a veteran who's legally blind. We're looking at their family dynamics. We're looking at whatever can help them to draw upon to make the best adjustment possible. And so you can't do that by just focusing in on one aspect of the individual. You have to look at the whole person and everything around that person in order to assist them in dealing with the blindness.
1: Now, the VIST stands for Visually Impaired Services Team Coordinator, you mentioned working with the eye clinic. What other entities did you work with at the VA hospital? I work closely with audiology
2: services, because if you can't see, it really helps to be able to hear. I work closely with the benefits officers so that they could help the veteran file the claim to make sure they were receiving the maximum financial assistance and other benefits that are available to individuals who are, are legally blind. I worked pretty closely also with the primary care doctors to make sure that the veteran was getting taken care of and that the primary care doctors were made aware of the special needs of a person who's visually impaired that they may not think of, that blindness impacts what a veteran can provide in the way of information, things that people who can see well uh, take for granted. They would just tell the doctor what they see. And so those were the, the primary people that I would work with. Another group that was really important was the prosthetics department, because the prosthetics department are the ones who provided many of the aids that are commonly used by the blind and visually impaired. And so that was a group we had to have a good relationship with so that um, services were provided in a timely manner.
1: How does a veteran enroll in the VIST program? And once in that program, can that veteran expect case management for life? A veteran, if they
2: are honorably discharged from the military and they are legally blind, they are eligible for VA health care due to being considered catastrophically disabled, and that allows them to come in whether or not the veteran has a service-related disability, whether or not their income is over the limit that oftentimes precludes a veteran from getting health care through the VA. And so, Once a veteran becomes legally blind, we are able to provide services, healthcare and rehabilitation services to that veteran. And that veteran is entitled to lifetime case management. Whether or not they want it, we keep in touch with them and keep track of them. They may not need something today, but maybe 10 years down the road they might. And so we provide that for them and offer them services at least once a year and sometimes more often, uh, some individuals need to be contacted every six months, every three months, every month, every week, depending on what's going on in their life and what they're, what they're working on.
1: Can you tell me what the Vist review is and the assessment, or are they the same thing, and why are they important? The Vist review
2: is important because it allows us to make sure that the veteran is getting the services that they need and it has changed significantly over the years. When I first started, sometimes a blind veteran, the only thing we would be able to get for them is a once a year VIST view that I described earlier, where a veteran comes in and sees a primary care doctor, an audiologist, a social worker, psychologist, a dentist, prosthetics, the benefits counselor, they would do all of that on one day. But when they made the change, uh, to move towards ambulatory care, and they opened eligibility uh, up to provide that care to our veterans. Basically, a vista view now is: did the veteran get an eye exam somewhere? Did the veteran get a physical exam somewhere? And then, as needed, uh, they would get the ancillary services, whether it was audiology, and it doesn't have to be on the same day. It, you know, they would. You know, the main thing that consists of a Vist view today is the eye exam. And a meeting with the visual impairment services team coordinator. And that can be done in person or over the phone. And during that time we can make a decision, you know, where we need to go as far as getting health care, blind rehab benefits, hearing, dental, if they're eligible, that type of thing, prosthetics.
1: Can you talk about the continuum of care for a blinded veteran?
2: Sure. The continuum of care was something that came in in the last few years of my career with the VA. And it basically makes an effort to reach out to the veteran at the point that they find themselves in. Most people don't go blind overnight. There are people who do due to trauma or illness, but most people, the vision loss is gradual. And so the continuum of care is designed within the VA, is designed to help the veteran meet their needs at the point that they're in. It begins with basic eye care, you know, optometry services, you know, just routine care. And any veteran eligible for VA healthcare is eligible for eye and glasses. If they have an eye disease, we begin to involve ophthalmology, who are the surgeons and the ones who take care of the more complex eye care. As a veteran begins to experience vision loss, Then we are able to move that veteran into one of our low vision clinics. We call them an intermediate low vision clinic and an advanced low vision clinic. And each vision or network within the VA healthcare system has a low vision clinic, advanced, intermediate, and a blind rehab center or a visor program. And these programs are geared to meet the needs of the veteran based on the extent of their vision loss and the impact it's having on their life. Every eye clinic is supposed to provide low vision services, and that's really dependent upon the the optometrist that's there, whether or not they have any experience and desire to do it. A basic low vision clinic like we have in Ocala is designed to provide low vision care with a low vision therapist, a blind rehab specialist, who provides not only um, the equipment, but the training on how to use the equipment. The advanced low vision clinic, something like what we have in Tampa, Is comprised of a low vision optometrist, a low vision therapist, and an orientation and mobility specialist. So, as the veterans' uh, difficulty with vision loss begins to impact their ability to travel independently, then we are able to uh, get that moving. And so, finally, for areas that do not have a VA blind rehab center, they have what they call a visor program where they have low vision optometry, a low vision therapist, an orientation and mobility specialist and they'll also have computer access training. It's almost a mini blind rehab center but the main difference is that instead of going for 4 weeks you're there for a week and it's all outpatient. And then the continuum of care for those who have extensive and you know comprehensive needs to be able to maintain and up- obtain and maintain their independence, the VA has blind rehabilitation centers located throughout the country where a veteran can go for anywhere from four to eight weeks and get the training they need in living skills, orientation and mobility, low vision, computer access training, and other training that they they provide there.
1: Okay. Can you talk about the BROS program and what services they provide a blinded veteran?
2: Right. The BROS is an outpatient program. It stands for Blind Rehabilitation Outpatient Specialist. And this is an individual who works at a medical center with a visual impairment services team coordinator. They go usually into the veteran's home and do training at the home. They can also provide training at the eye clinic uh, where the veteran comes in for care as well. So that is an option. But most of the time, the blind rehab outpatient specialist, the bros, goes into the veterans home. These individuals have certifications in at least two of the four skill areas for blind rehab. They can be a blind rehab, a low vision therapist. They can be a living skills instructor. They can be an orientation mobility specialist, or they can be a computer access training specialist. And they have to get certified in these areas uh, to be able to be a hired for this position because it is a promotion from them outside of a blind rehab center. And uh, they do wonderful work uh, because not every veteran is physically able to go to a blind rehab center. Not every veteran needs to go to a blind rehab center. Sometimes they may have one specific need that can be addressed locally by somebody who has that skill set. And so it's a really wonderful addition to our program. And I have been fortunate to have worked with several excellent blind
1: rehab outpatient specialists over the years. You briefly discussed the Blind Rehab Center. Can you go into more detail about what they offer, the kinds of programs that they offer, and how it benefits the blinded veteran? A blind rehab center is the crown jewel, if you will,
2: at the VA for blind rehabilitation. It was the only thing that was offered for many years in the area of rehabilitation. And what they do is they work with the veteran to teach them how to live independently in living skills, to teach them to travel independently with orientation and mobility. If they have remaining sight, they work with them to use that site to the best of their ability. They have a part of the program called manual skills, where they teach a person to navigate their world through their senses, including touch primarily. Uh, they have computer access training and other technology training that they provide and These programs also are very valuable in that it's sometimes the very first time that a person who is blind has an opportunity to be with other individuals who are blind. And many of the instructors are blind. And it opens up the possibilities for the blind veteran to see what they can actually do because they have a chance to talk with other people who are living with blindness and they can see the challenges that they're having And they can see how people are working together. Uh, In social work, we call it a therapeutic milieu, meaning it's a therapeutic thing. It's helpful, healthy for you to be with other people who are in the same boat so that you can help one another. And whether that's through example or through talking, uh, through teaching,
1: they're all wonderful things. Can you talk? about the VIST coordinator's assessment program before a blinded veteran goes to a blind rehab center, and then the assessment when the blinded veteran comes back from the rehab center.
2: Yes, I can do that. When we have a veteran go to the blind rehab center, I would always go through and find out about their family, about their history, what they did before they lost their sight, what they're doing now. And then I would talk to them about what it is that they want to do. You know, what areas of their life has the blindness impacted? And of all the, you know, I asked them to take out the magic wand. And I say, if you could take out the magic wand, what would you like to be able to do that you can't do now because of the vision loss? And when I do that, we talk about their goals and then we identify those goals. And then in my assessment, I would include what their goals were for when they went. Uh, When they get to the Blind Rehab Center, uh, then they continue to do the assessment. They see what they really can do, because oftentimes a veteran will tell me in my assessment that they can do X, Y, and Z. When they get to the Blind Rehab Center, they not only ask them, can they do X, Y, and Z, they say, show me. And oftentimes the veteran can't do what they say they can do, but they want to be able to do it. At the conclusion, of the training, they get to come home. And then part of my responsibilities within a 30-day window is to meet with them, usually over the phone, but sometimes in person. And we would review what their experience was. We would review what their goals were. And we would talk about their experience to see how they did. And then to see what additional training they would need. And sometimes that additional training was provided and could be provided
1: either by our low vision clinic or with our bros. Okay, Bruce, we're going to take a second break, so please stand by.
0: Do you enjoy a good time with your fellow brothers and sisters? Do you enjoy the fresh sea breeze? Do you enjoy deep sea fishing? Then Wisdom for the Blind has something just for you. On May 5th, 2023, Wisdom for the Blind has chartered the Double Eagle Three in Clearwater Beach, Florida, for an entire day of fun in the sun and deep sea fishing. Go to w4tv.org and register for this upcoming event. Check out our website and register now. Seats are limited. Please share the wisdom and tell a friend.
5: If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides direct connection to free, confidential, and compassionate support. When you call, text or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained crisis counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The lifeline works. You are not alone in crisis. For 24 by 7 confidential support, just call, text, or chat 988.
0: You're listening. To w4tb radio from the wisdom for the blind studios in Fort Lauderdale Florida where we share some wisdom to help you navigate the seas to stay in calm waters please visit us on the web at w4tb.org or drop us an email at feedback at w4tb.org you can also download the w 4 TB radio app at the Apple Store or Google Play please share the knowledge and a friend. Now, back to the show.
1: Okay, Bruce, we're back. I just have a few more questions. Sure. How did your job change as the adaptive technology changed over the years? Well, the
2: opportunities for our veterans increased. When I first started, we were really just focused in on living skills, mobility, and for those who had sight, you know, you know, getting them the right low vision aids over the years. The world of technology has been just amazing. The technology that's available through computers and more recently with the iPhones, um, with the different apps that are available, we can actually train somebody now on an iPhone, and they can use that iPhone as a mobility device. They can use it as a scanner. Uh, they can use it to take pictures. They can use it to communicate effectively. So the new technology that's available these days um, is just just incredible, and I you know, and it's continuing um, to expand to what's available. And so for me. Uh, you know, one of the things that we were tasked with doing was identifying local agencies and individuals who could provide computer access training initially. Because when we first started, the VA Blind Rehab Centers were not geared up to provide that training that was needed. And so we were able to work with local agencies for the blind and vendors who provided training in the homes or at the agency for our veterans in the field of this. So it it offered an opportunity for me to develop relationships with the vendors and the agencies that provide services to everybody who's visually impaired in the community.
1: Can you briefly talk about the grants available to a blinded veteran?
2: Okay, well, there are several grants that are available to a blinded veteran. If you are service connected, the VA has an, uh, and your service connected for the blindness, you are eligible for a an automobile grant. And um, I'll be honest with you, I no longer remember the exact dollar amount, but it's a grant that you can use. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you can use it a couple of times, depending on the value of the, uh, the grant over time. There's another grant, the, the automobile grant's run by the regional office. And um, Another grant that's available for a service-connected veteran is a special adaptive housing grant, uh, also known as the 2101A grant, which is a sizable grant for a veteran who is blind and has a service-connected for blindness and service-connected for the loss of an extremity or loss of use of. And so that's a very large grant that's available. There's a smaller grant that the regional office runs, which is the 2101B grant which is for any veteran who is service connected for blindness, and that can be a 70% rating or higher. Those grants are all administered by the regional office. The housing grants actually have somebody that will come to your home. The regional office has uh, individuals who will come to your home and help you to identify things that can be done to make your home adaptable. And they can be anything from sliding doors to extra lighting to you know, a, a, an accessible bathroom, uh, it can be to make your room so that you can have technology. Uh, some veterans have actually used the grant to build a room for all the adaptive technology uh, and put a new room on the house. At the local level, at the local medical center, the VA has a Home Improvement and Structural Alterations grant. They have one grant for service-connected veterans uh, That's used to be approximately 10000 and one for the non-service-connected veterans that was 2,000. And once again, they could use this grant to make modifications to the home to make the home accessible. And uh, we've had veterans use this grant to, you know, put in smart lights or smart thermostats, uh, to put in ramps, to convert a bathroom uh, from a a tub to a walk-in shower to avoid tripping, uh, to put in sidewalks. That would go from the carport to the front door so that they don't have to travel on uneven ground. There are a lot of different things you can use this grant for. That grant is administered by the prosthetic service based on the recommendations
1: of the VIST coordinator and or a member of the VIST team. Guide dogs are an important tool for blinded veterans, uh, for the blind in general, but Can you talk about the VA program as far as a guide dog goes? Sure. When a veteran has
2: completed a basic orientation and mobility training course, they are introduced to the concept of a guide dog, and the VA can assist the veteran with that. The important thing to remember about guide dogs is that they don't know where you want to go until you teach them. So you can't just get a dog and say, this is my guide dog. And so what the VA does, we do not provide the guide dog training, but we will help the veteran get to the guide dog training school. We will help them with the application. And most importantly, at the end of the day, the VA provides insurance for the guide dog, which is the most expensive part of owning a guide dog. The veteran is responsible for the food and the veteran is responsible for basic, you know, care of the dog. So, the VA uh, works in conjunction with the veteran and the guide dog school, and through prosthetics through the insurance program with the veterinary staff. And so, that's a really nice program for those who want to take you know that responsibility uh, for having a guide dog. And they, they are—it's a remarkable team uh, when a veteran who is blind uses a guide dog to get around. It can it can it, it can be life changing, and I've seen. Veterans use them to go to school. I've seen them to go to work. I've seen them to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so, you know, these dogs are impressive what they can do.
1: Once a blinded veteran enrolls into the Vist program, are there any costs uh, for that blinded veteran? Hmm. I
2: can't think of any cost to the veteran. You know, the VA is going to provide transportation to and from a blind rehab center or to the guide dog school you know there'll be some costs for a guide dog's you know for the food for the dog but you know that's you know that's that's about the only expense there may be for some veterans there may be costs involved with medications from the VA with recent changes in eligibility for the VIST program some of our veterans are visually impaired but not legally blind and so if you fall into that category, you may still be subject to co-payments for health care and for medications. But for most veterans who are legally blind, there is no charge for medications. There is no charge for the doctor visits. There is no charge for uh, prosthetic equipment that's provided by the VA.
1: Can you talk briefly about the differences between the low vision clinic and the VIST program? Well, the low vision clinic is actual
2: rehabilitation services being provided. That's the best way to describe it. The VIST program is the case management side of things. We do some training, of course, but that's not our main focus. My main focus as a VIST coordinator was to get you, the blind veteran or the visually impaired veteran, to the person who's qualified to provide the training. Even though I picked up a lot of things over time, that I felt comfortable doing with our blind veterans. Most of the time, I would send them to the low vision clinic or to the blind rehab center or to the bros to get the training along with the equipment that they needed. So that's the difference. My job was to
1: get you where you needed to be. Their job was to get you the training you needed to have. Bruce, I just have a couple of more questions. Can you talk about prosthetics? I would love to. Prosthetics
2: is a valuable part of the team uh, in that it provides the equipment, the adaptive equipment that allows the veterans to maintain their independence. Now, one of the questions we always get is, why did John get a computer and I got a tablet? Just because a piece of equipment is available to a veteran uh, doesn't mean that they will be issued that piece of equipment they need to have their needs assessed, their goals, and then they will identify the tool which will best meet their needs. For some veterans that might be a laptop computer, it might be a desktop computer, it might be a tablet, it might be an iPhone, and it can be any of those things. A veteran's eligible for a piece of equipment that they need and that they can demonstrate the ability to use. So a veteran may benefit from having a computer, but if they can't demonstrate the ability to use the computer, we won't issue it to them. And it's not because they're not eligible for it, it's because they can't use the equipment. So we're not going to waste your money as a taxpayer to give you something that you can't use.
1: Can you discuss the support group meeting offered by the VIST coordinator? One of the responsibilities of the Vist
2: coordinator is to provide family education, and this can be done in one of two ways. One way is to do a, a newsletter that goes out monthly or quarterly, and this oftentimes happens in locations where the veterans live a long way away from each other, or they can do it via a support group. And this support group can be a virtual support group, I never had an opportunity to use one because the pandemic came and um, I was basically heading out the door when it started, but it was used successfully by many people. Or you can do an in-person support group, which is what we did. Uh, I had support groups that ran in Gainesville and Ocala, and we would meet together monthly and I would bring in speakers on topics that the group wanted to talk about, and then probably once every three to four months, I would just have an open discussion where people could talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. And these groups are very helpful in that similar to what happens at a blind rehab center, individuals can come and talk to other veterans who are experiencing vision loss and can talk about how they are adapting and how they are facing that challenge. And they can also see that they're not alone. And it's also helpful for the family members. Uh, because the family members can provide support as well to one to another, to the spouses and or children who are bringing the blind veteran to the support group meeting. And so it's a powerful tool. I know a number of veterans who did not want to go to blind rehab, but after going to a support group meeting and seeing how people changed after they came back from the blind rehab center, they took advantage of that opportunity in their lives. And it was It was because another veteran encouraged them to do it, not necessarily telling them to go, but they could see the change that had happened in that life
1: uh, of that veteran who had been. You retired after 33 years of serving blinded veterans. 38 years. Okay, so you retired after 38 years of serving blinded veterans. I want to say to you that I thank you for that service. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. I know many blinded veterans who feel the same way. They thank you for your service. Now, what do you miss or maybe not miss now that you're retired? What I miss
2: is the opportunities, and the relationships. When you do lifetime case management, you develop relationships with people. You help them through a variety of things, not always related to blindness, but you're there somebody that they can call on, that you can talk to, that, you know, they can share the good things, the sad things that happen in their life. I miss that interaction with the veterans. I enjoyed working with veterans and helping them to get the benefits that they were entitled to. For me, I found that to be a very satisfying part of my job was to help them to get what they needed, either financially or through rehabilitation. I don't miss, you know, the, the meetings and the the bureaucracy that you have to deal with and things that go along with just being a government employee. Not that I had bad supervisors and I never, I don't think I ever had a supervisor that I didn't like, but there were always things that would come up that would make you scratch your head. You know, that wasn't my favorite part of the job, uh, staff meetings and things like that. I don't miss that at all, but I do miss the
1: interaction with the veterans. And I want to also thank you for your service to the uh, BVA and the FRG. I don't think you missed an FRG convention uh, ever, did you? The national conventions, I got to almost
2: every one. There were a couple that I didn't get to because of, you know, children being born or vacation that just, you know, we were going to go. And for whatever reason, the BVA always had conventions the first week of school for our kids We weren't on vacation most of the time. So I was able to attend those meetings. And uh, the luncheons that we had in Ocala and Gainesville that the BVA in Florida put on, uh, those were always fun. I enjoyed that and just getting a chance to get everybody together and to talk. I don't think you missed a
1: luncheon either. I think one over the years, and I think I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you enjoying retirement?
2: I am enjoying retirement. Um, I enjoy being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Uh, I enjoy traveling to visit family um, uh, With our five children, we were blessed that they are all independent and as a result of that independence, they live in St Louis and Charlotte, uh, Chicago, Jacksonville and Hel- and Olu, Finland and so, We get to travel the country visiting family. And, you know, my mom's getting up there in age and one of the, and so is my mother-in-law. And, you know, so some of our time has been spent going and helping to provide care for them. Uh, Things that would have been not impossible when I was full-time employed, but a lot more flexibility to do it now. It's nice to have that flexibility and to do volunteer work with church and, you know, Habitat for Humanity and other organizations that I like to be involved in.
1: Well, Bruce, I want to thank you for joining us on Insight to the VA. I also want to thank you for your friendship and also to thank you for a lifetime of service to blinded veterans. Well, likewise, i, I if
2: there's ever anything that uh, you and your group need me to do, um, you know, I can do it within the bounds that they they set for me. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that would keep me from you know, doing something on a volunteer basis if you needed something, you know.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Okay. And now we're going to throw it to Ellie, who just came back from Colorado, where she spent a week skiing. Ellie, it's on you. I took a basketball in
3: Chancellorsville.
1: Hi, I'm Mike Beyer, Executive Director for Operation Solve.
2: Where we pair Nashville songwriters with veterans, active duty military, and their families to tell their stories through the process of songwriting. Our services are 100% free, and songwriting or musical talent is not required. For more information, check us out at operationsong.org. If you think this is something you're interested in, email us at contact at operationssong.org. the last
0: Are you a big geek? Do you enjoy learning about new technology? Then join us on the fourth Thursday of every month for the Wisdom Geek Club at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also hear a pre-recorded episode on Wisdom Radio every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more information, hit up w4tv.org and click on the Geek Club button on the main page. And don't forget to share the wisdom with a friend.
4: You're listening to Wisdom for the Blind Radio, W4 TV, from the studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the home of the Wisdom for Blinded Kids portal. Please enjoy the show and don't forget to share the wisdom with a friend.
5: Thank you, Doug. And to our listeners, thank you for dropping in today to the 5 Minute Flash where we bring you up to date knowledge of hot topics. Now to our first story. In January 2023, The VA launched a new life insurance program called Veterans Affairs Life Insurance, via Life, which provides guaranteed acceptance whole life insurance coverage to veterans age 80 and under, with any level of service-connected disability. Some veterans age 81 and older may also be eligible. To get more information on this new benefit, go to the w4tb.org website. Now in Science The comet known as c 2022 e 3 marked by its bright green nucleus and long faint ion tail. The comet was visible for some time with telescopes and binoculars, but the best chance to see it with the naked eye was on February 1, 2023. This marks possibly the first time ever, or at least for thousands of years, that the comet has streaked across our sky. Moving to sports, Tabron James has eclipsed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the most prolific scorer in NBA history, breaking a 39-year record that many believed would never be beaten. The Los Angeles Lakers star, playing in his 20th season in the NBA, passed Abdul-Jabbar's total of 38,387 points after nailing a 21-foot shot late in the third quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder in February. Now let's review some upcoming events. Wisdom for the Blind is excited to announce four upcoming events. First, W4TB will be at the Vision Awareness Day Expo held in the Villages February 25, 2023. For more information go to w4tb.org. Next Wisdom for the Blind will be hosting two luncheons with some great speakers in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in April of 23. Please plan to attend and meet fellow veterans, Check the website for more information. To help us celebrate our first year anniversary, Wisdom for the Blind will throw a party on May 4th, then with a special Field to Sea Experience event by going deep sea fishing on board the Double Eagle 3, sailing out of Clearwater Beach, Florida on May 5th, 2023. Finally, Wisdom for the Blind will be hosting Wisdom Forum at Sea, a cruise to the Caribbean. This event will present workshops, new technology reviews, songwriting sessions with our partners at operationsong.org, the Wisdom Games, team-building exercises and much, much more on October 15th of 2023. If you are interested in future events that Wisdom for the Blind will be hosting or if you want more information, please visit our site w4tb.org. To our listeners, please remember that if you have any kind of feedback you can always email them to feedback at w4tb.org. Just as a side note, Doug, I had a blast on the snow. Thanks. This has been Ellie from the Wisdom for the Blind Studios. Back to you, Doug. Hi, I'm Christina Hepner, And I'm Leslie Hoskins, and we're hosts of the Taking the Lead podcast from Leader Dogs for the Blind.
3: Our podcast provides insight into the blindness community and impactful stories
5: from our clients. At Leader Dog, we continue to be the answer for thousands who need our free services. These include guide dog training white cane training, and more. Once clients complete training, they're reintroduced to a life of safety and independence.
0: Learn more at leaderdog.org. What's more perfect than exploring new cultures while soaking up the sun and dipping your toes in turquoise waters? Doing these things with your family and of course, your brothers and sisters from Wisdom for the Blind. Wisdom for the Blind is pleased to announce its first Caribbean forum to be held on board Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas. This dreamy vacation will be filled with thrilling experiences such as surfing, rock climbing, and even an electrifying 10-story plunge in the tallest slide at sea. This is not your average family getaway. There's fun and entertainment for all ages, but you'll also have learning workshops in technology and medical breakthroughs focused on the blind and vision impaired. We will sail from beautiful Miami on October 15, 2023, visiting fabulous ports. Rotan in Honduras, Costa Maya and Cozumel in Mexico, and Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay in the Bahamas. Add two spectacular days at sea, and while connecting with people that may experience the same challenges you do, you'll find unforgettable activities, make lasting memories, and soar to new heights. You'll learn about fascinating cultures and customs while tasting local delicacies and lounging in luxury. Wisdom for the Blind has also partnered with Operation Song, so you can have the opportunity to tell your service stories through songwriting. All of this and more starts at just $602 per person, based on double occupancy plus taxes and fees of one sixty dollars So what are you waiting for? Pack up your stuff, gather the crew, and head out on the open seas. You and your family will be talking about it for many years to come. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to w4tb.org and find the button that says Caribbean Forum or email us at forum at w4tb.org and book now. Space is limited. Don't forget to share the wisdom and tell a friend. You're listening to W4TB Radio from the Wisdom for the Blind Studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida where we share some wisdom to help you navigate the seas to stay in calm waters. Please visit us on the web at w4tb.org or drop us an email at feedback at w4tb.org. You can also download the w 4 TB radio app at the Apple Store or Google Play. Please share the knowledge and tell a friend. Now, back to the show.
1: Thanks, Ellie, for that great report. I'm glad you had a lot of fun out in Colorado skiing. You'll have to show the staff here at Wisdom for the Blind the Pictures. This is Doug Cram with Insight to the VA. Take care.
0: You've been listening to Insight to the VA. The VA is there for veterans like us, but sometimes it can be difficult for people to navigate. And that's why we're here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, rate, and review. And make sure to tell a friend or two. That would help as well. Produced by Wisdom for the Blind and VNS Productions, a division of VNS International. From the Wisdom for the Blind Studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this is Insight to the VA, signing off. Wisdom for the Blind is dedicated to doing everything we can for the blind and sight impaired. If you'd like to bless us with a donation to keep the website, the podcast, the webinars, and the radio station operating, we can't express how grateful we'd be. You can go to the website at w4tb.org. That's W, the number four. And hit the donation button, or you can mail it to Wisdom for the Blind Incorporated. Attention donations 1005 Marina Mile Boulevard, Suite 255, Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33315. Wisdom for the Blind is a not for profit 501c3 organization. Remember, it's tax deductible. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts at Wisdom for the Blind. You're listening to
4: Wisdom for the Blind Radio, W4TV, from the studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the home of the Wisdom for Blinded Kids portal. Please enjoy the show and don't forget to share the wisdom with a friend.